This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and solutions for more happiness. This week, we'll talk about why September is the other January, and we'll do an interview with writer and podcaster Jay Shetty about his new book, Think Like a Monk. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am cozily ensconced in my home office in New York City, surrounded by pillows to try to improve my sound quality. And with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who sounds great. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. But Gretchen, I have to warn you, I'm having some work done on my house today, so... <laughs> There could be noise. There could be noise. Well, these are the pleasures and perils of recording at home. Yes. Now, before we jump in, we want to remind everybody about our very special episode 290 coming up, which is going to be the the hackathon, all hacks. Yes. So send us your happiness hacks. Uh, You can email, you can send voicemails. Yeah. We want to know your hacks. Yes, travel-related, relationship-related, COVID-related, clutter-related, uh, general, yeah, any hack that you have, we're, we're going to cover it all. Yeah, Gretchen, I'm guessing we'll get fewer travel hacks um, yes. than we usually do yes. because not a lot of traveling right not now. Not a lot of traveling. So this week, our Try This at Home tip is to remember that September is the other January. Now, we talked about this idea a while back in episode 129, because I think for a lot of people, and certainly for me, September feels like the start of a new year. And it doesn't really matter when school starts or when Labor Day falls. Um, Those are also starts. It's just like September feels like the new year. Yes. I think it goes back from just when we all went to school, right? Yes. And that always felt like the new year, and it still does. 
Yeah. So in my book, Happier at Home, I did a happiness project and I started it in September and went to May because I do think that that school year is kind of like etched into Mm -hmm. our souls in a way. There's the year of like 2020, but then there's also the school year. And it feels like a fresh start and a new beginning. And so it feels good to think about changes that we might want to make. Yes. And I think, Gretchen, um, a lot of people want a clean slate right now. We we're looking for a fresh start. Yeah, absolutely. I think with every all the uncertainty, all the anxiety, all of the you know everything that's going on around school and work and home, you kind of want to create a clean slate, even yes. if you feel like it's not happening. Yes. And in my book, Better Than Before, which is all about habit change, I talked about the twenty-one strategies that we can use to make or break our habits. And the strategy, the clean slate, is the strategy that. When there's a transition time, that's a good time for, for habits to change and because old habits are wiped away and new habits come in. And so like a great time is like moving. That's probably the one of the best clean slates. And in fact, they've shown that when people successfully quit smoking, it's very often associated with a person who's moved to a new place. Mm. But a new relationship can be a clean slate. A new year can be a clean slate. Even something like your daily habits changing, like the lack of your commute. A lot of people are finding that that worked as a clean slate and kind of reset their habits. So I think that many of us, I know I'm one of these people, want to use this change of the time of year as a way to kickstart ourselves into some new habits and some new happiness resolutions. Yes. Do you have any ideas, Elizabeth, about what you want to do? Well, I have have a proposal for you. Oh, okay. I want to hear it. Okay. So I'm your happiness bully. I wear that with pride. Yes. Uh, I want to nudge you about your office treadmill desk. Uh It's not, it's in your garage. Yes. Yes. I have had this plan because we're going to be working at home for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I need to get my treadmill desk set up. I haven't done it yet. I keep saying I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it involves sort of reorganizing our office. Yeah. Which you share with Adam. So it's not totally up to you. Yeah. So that's typical, but difficult. Yeah. I think that is a great suggestion, Gretch. I've got to get September by September 1st, which I think coincidentally is the day Jack starts school. Oh. I need to have my treadmill desk up so that I can be walking and working at the same time. Yeah. Now, I do have to tell you that last night, I don't know, maybe he had a sixth sense about this. Adam went crazy in the office. Oh, really? And he did a ton of cleaning and organizing. Oh. So I am like 75% of the way there. Oh, Oh, that's the best kind of resolution is when you start, you're you're like already at the top of the hill and now you're just pedaling to the bottom. Oh, that's great. Okay. So you resolve to be having your treadmill desk in your office by September 1st. Yes. Because this as a type 1 diabetic, like you know that you just have much better blood sugar management when you Yes. If I can move during the day, if I can walk, I mean, obviously for our walk 20 and 20, it's very helpful to have the treadmill desk, but just, yeah, for me, my blood sugar is so much better when I'm walking during the day. Yeah. What about you? So here's the thing about me, and it's kind of counterintuitive to what I would have expected, but because we're all so much more, like, we're not being nearly as social as we have been, I would think that I would be very hungry for any kind of, like, safe social interaction. 
But in fact, I feel like I'm retreating. I feel like I was, like, I used to do all these walk and talks where I'd make a phone date with a friend and I'd walk and talk to them on the phone. And I really enjoyed that, but I've stopped doing that. I live in New York and there are things that we can do safely. You know, we could have a socially distanced whatever. I could meet a friend in the park and sit on two opposite ends of the bench, you know, with a mask and all that. And I just don't do it. And I feel like, I feel like I'm losing momentum Mm. Instead of getting hungrier for it and more eager and more and looking for ways to do it, I feel like I'm looking for excuses not to do it. And I think in the long run, that's not going to be good for me. You're right, because as you tell us, Gretchen, our human connections are the thing that most deeply lead to happiness. But you know what? I feel like a lot of people are experiencing what you're experiencing. I even feel it somewhat myself. Yeah, and you're very social. And I'm very social. I love to socialize, but I do find that it it feels, I don't know, like a an effort in a yes. way that it didn't used to. Yes. Now, it is more of an effort because there are all these considerations, so there's yes. like a stress associated yes. with it that never has been there before. But even so, I think we're all just so used to staying home <laughs> and not dealing with anything that there's just this inertia. I think for me, it's the inertia. It's just the sheer, oh, I just don't even want to be bothered to figure it out and to yeah. set a time and to like make a date. And it's just easier to 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 just have everything be the way it always is these days rather than figuring out some kind of new plan, even though I know perfectly well, I know personally, and then I know intellectually from doing all the research mm-hmm. that, that it is true that connecting with other people makes us happier. And like, you know, my, my kid like groups and my book group, they, we meet by Zoom and every time we do it, I get such a kick and an energized charge from the Zoom conversation. And yet I could set up lots of Zoom conversations with, and I, and I don't. Yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot of Zoom fatigue. But I do think, Gretch, that it's perfect to start this in September because I also think in New York, there's a feeling that summer is very separate. It's just yes. sort of, so summer is over, you'll, you know, school will start however it starts. However it starts. And you will get back into socializing in whatever way you can. It's yes. all very unknown. So anyway, that is September. And because my book, Happier at Home, starts with this idea that September is the other January, I am doing a giveaway of a copy of Happier at Home that begins on Tuesday, August 11th and ends on Thursday, August 21st. If you want to be happier at home starting in September, you can win a signed personalized book to enter. Follow my Instagram account at Gretchen Rubin, like the giveaway post, and comment on the post tagging three friends. If you win, I will send you a signed personalized book. This is only open to U.S. readers, unfortunately, because of mailing costs. But I, and I will put all the, the details for this in the show notes. As always, you can go to the show notes for this. It's happiercast.com slash 286. We want to know, what are you doing in September yes. to make it the new January? So let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or drop us an email at podcast at com. And as I said, you can go to the show notes if you want to enter for the giveaway. Coming up, we've got a very practical happiness hack that will help you save leftovers. But first, this break. Mm-hmm. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for our happiness hack. And this one is very practical, something you discovered recently that I had no idea about. (laughs) So obvious. Okay, so if you have a box of aluminum foil or cling wrap, you may, if you're like me, you may not have noticed that there are little indentations on either end that if you push them in, create little holes on either end and sort of stick in the, the cardboard flap into the roll. I never noticed them, but now I have. And it, like on my aluminum foil, it said press to lock roll. Hmm. So if you press in on both ends, it holds the roll in place. Because you know how as you're trying to get it out, a lot of times the roll half pops out of the box. And then it rips in this untidy diagonal way. This holds the roll in place. Yes. As soon as we're done, I have to go to my (laughs) drawer and push all these indentations and fix this problem. Well, it's such a satisfying hack because like the 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 technology is provided for us. It's just one of these things you never (laughs) notice. So there we go. Do it. And problem solved. Yay. Okay. Now, this week, the spotlight on a black author is Colson Whitehead. Colson Whitehead is an American novelist and also nonfiction writer. I just finished a book, a nonfiction book called The Noble Hustle, Poker, Beef Jerky, and Death. Um, And reading this, which I really love and highly recommend, I also read Maria Konnikova's book, The Biggest Bluff. And they're both about playing poker competitively. And Mm. I actually learned to play poker because I was so inspired by 
Colson Whitehead and by Maria Konnikova. So that's a great book, kind of a memoir. And I also just finished Sag Harbor, which is his coming-of-age story set in 1985. It's about an awkward 15-year-old who's on vacation in Sag Harbor. So it's like, you know, kind of teenage years. And I read this because I read a great article about what makes a great summer novel, and it Mm. listed it as one of the great summer novels. So I was like, I have to read this book. Yeah, I saw that, Gretchen. I put it in my cart. I didn't buy it because I've put a moratorium on myself for (laughs) buying books, but I have it in my cart for when I get through my current stack. Yeah, there you go. Um, So I'll put a link to that, uh, that article if you're still looking for a great summer novel. But you may say, Gretchen, why did you not recommend The Nickel Boys, which is his book that just won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction? And the answer is because I tried to get it from the library and I tried to get it from my bookstore and they were sold out. So I have to wait. And then you might say, but Gretchen, what about The Underground Railroad, his number one New York Times bestseller, which also won the Pulitzer Prize and the National Book Award? Well, that book I got from the library, but then Jamie snagged it and he Uh doesn't let me read a book while he's reading it and he hasn't finished it yet. So I have to wait for him to finish The Underground Railroad, and then I will read that next. But I highly recommend Colson Whitehead, whether you like fiction, nonfiction, or both. He's a a great writer, and um, he's written a lot of uh, highly acclaimed books. Coming up, we have an interview with Jay Shetty, author of the new book, Think Like a Monk. But first, this break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. And now we're very excited to talk to Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty is the host of the enormously popular podcast On Purpose. Each week for an hour, he interviews a different inspirational guest, everyone from Khloe Kardashian to Jada Pinkett Smith to Deepak Chopra. He did an interview with me. 
He worked as a consultant at Accenture in their digital practice, and he is also a former monk uh, when he spent time in India. Jay has a new book, Think Like a Monk, Train Your Mind for Peace and Purpose Every Day. It has practical steps that anyone can take every day to have a less anxious, more meaningful life. Jay, welcome. Hi. (laughs) Thank you, Gretchen. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful and happy to be here. Yeah, we're so happy to be talking to you. Yeah, and I mean, right away, Jay, we have to ask you about your experience <laughs> as a monk. Yeah, we have that to sounds ask. fascinating. Tell us about it. It was. It truly was the most incredible life experience that I've ever had. I learned so much. I was tested in so many ways. And it was truly a, a unique life experience that I don't know. I have no stats or percentage, but I'm guessing very few people in the world get to go through. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and I just am really passionate about sharing everything I learned with the world. And how long did you do it for? I was a monk for three years, a practicing monk for three years, but I spent about two weeks to a month in all my summer vacations from the age of 18 to 22 living with the monks as well. But as an official monk, I was there for three years. And you say in your book, you know, the, the title of the book is Think Like a Monk. And you say, if I can learn to think like a monk, anyone can. So what does it mean to think like a monk? And do you feel like that you're sort of representative of the average person and like the common hurdles that we all face in like achieving that kind of mindset? Absolutely. So, yeah, my, my hypothesis is that you don't have to live like a monk to think like a monk. Mm-hmm. And so everyone can live like themselves. You don't have to put on robes. You don't have to travel <laughs> across the world, you can be exactly where you are. And the goal is to really understand what the monk mindset is. So if you think about the mind that we all feel very familiar with, it's called the monkey mind. So this is the mind that's always jumping from thought to thought, branch to branch. It's really dissatisfied. It's always looking for instant pleasure and instant gratification. It's always sometimes complaining, comparing, you know, getting into that mindset. So that's the monkey mind. We're very aware of that. The the monk mind is the antidote to the monkey mind. And so the monk mind, where the monkey mind is trying to jump from branch to branch, the monk mind goes to the root of the issue. Where the monkey mind is comparing, complaining, and criticizing, the monk mind is compassionate, caring, and uh, collaborative. So the monk mind is the part of our mind that seeks to align our thoughts, our words, and our actions. Often what we find is we think one thing, we say something else, and we do something completely different. I'm sure sure you've experienced this in your life. And so so Gandhi said that we experience peace and harmony when what we think, what we say, and what we do are aligned. Mm. And this is really the root or the essence of the monk mind is how do we live a life of harmony and peace where when we think something, we say that and articulate it and communicate it effectively, And at the same time, we perform an action that is completely aligned with all of that. And how can we start toward this path? Yeah, absolutely. The the first thing is really deeply understanding ourselves. It all starts Mm. with self-awareness. And Gretchen, I know that this is a huge pillar of your work and foundation of your work. And I'm, I'm a big fan of it. And just being able to understand and articulate our emotions and our wants and desires. So my favorite way to do this is make a list of everything you're pursuing in your life right now. And once you've done that, maybe choose three for now. This isn't your Christmas wish list, so just choose three. (laughs) And, And then ask yourself the question, 
is that coming from me, something deep inside mm. of me, or is yes. it coming from outside? Is it an inward motivator or is it an extrinsic motivator? And ask yourself that. And you'll find that there's a mix of inward and outward. And then the third question you want to ask yourself is, well, do I want it to be mine? Do I want to keep this pursuance? Do I want to keep this pursuit in my life? And you'll find that the ones that are aligned with you and that you act on are the ones that you're going to find most meaningful and joyful. But if you're finding a big disconnect, if you ask yourself, where does this come from? And the answer is my parents mm -hmm. or school or mm. society then you start to see that disconnect and you start to see you're actually on a completely different path. Didn't you have a line in your book that was something like, there were three career paths for me, doctor, lawyer, or failure. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know, I never heard that before, but it is that idea of like, uh, why do I want to be a doctor? Because my parents expect me to be a doctor. And that's not a very nourishing reason to want to be a doctor. No, absolutely. And, and even if you achieve that goal, you, sometimes it can feel so hollow. And we see this around us where people externally achieve everything they set out to do, but internally feel such a disconnect. It's almost like you've almost walked really far away from who you are by going really far in life. It's, it's, it's like completely yes. counterintuitive. Yes. You, you go so far in life that you walk really far away from yourself. Well, to bring it to you, uh, Jay, I know because of the pandemic, the pub date of your book moved. And I don't know about you, but usually for writers, wow. like this is a day that's been set in stone for a year and your whole mind is wrapped around it. And I think for a lot of people, they've had similar experiences where they all of a sudden uncertainty and anxiety, something that they've been planning on and working toward has disappeared or moved or is now uncertain what were some of the things that you've learned through all of your research and experience that you, that you used to deal with this that maybe other people could, could learn from? That's such a great question. The, the first thing I definitely realize is that, you know, the loss for everyone has been real at this time. And so whether people have lost someone or they've lost something, it, it shouldn't be belittled. We, we don't mm -hmm. have the right to belittle anyone's pain or our pain. I know people who are upset that, they missed prom or they sure. missed the, the NBA was, you know, shut <laughs> yeah, down and yeah. canceled. And, and then there are people that are upset because they can't see their family or they've yes. lost someone. And the truth is that it may sound like it's, it's hard to understand when you're like, oh, well, don't you realize people are losing people? But everyone has lost something. And I mm -hmm. think the worst thing we can do is gloss over that loss. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for me, when I go to the root of what I'm trying to do in my life, it comes from a place of trying to be of service and trying to be of support to humanity and others and trying to help others in uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So to me, my book definitely does that, but there are lots of other ways that I can live that same purpose mm. in my life without my book. Mm. And so when my book was pushed back, I had to find another way of still living my purpose. And what I did was I started leading these 20 days of live meditation on Instagram and Facebook. Mm. And, and I looked at what people were doing and I was like, well, I can't sing like John Legend or uh -huh. play the piano. <laughs> and and I, can't, I can't teach a workout on my roof and hope that people yeah. will join in. <laughs> so what I can do is I can teach meditation. So I find that I find uh, certainty through service mm. in uncertain times. And I feel that's the beautiful thing about purpose is that you can always find a new way to live your purpose, even in difficult times. You may not be able to be happy or joyful or ecstatic, but you can always be purposeful. And, and to me, that's what I found, that 
even though my book is a big part of my purpose. And actually, I think it's going to be more useful now. And, and that's a part of it too, just learning to trust and be open to trusting time. And that's the hardest part, mm. but recognizing that I don't have to fix and control everything, mm-hmm. but actually what's flowing may be what's better for me if I can find a new thing right now. And I think those, we ended up doing 40 days of meditation and 20 million people meditate with us over 40 days. Wow. And it was just beautiful because 90% of those people, which I was speaking to afterwards on the lives, they were saying, Jay, we've never meditated before. And so it was just like this new rebirth of an experience. And I just feel so grateful that I was able to adjust and adapt and, and find a new way to help. Well, our mother often tells the story about how do you know what's good luck and what's bad luck? And that's to your point is maybe in the end, you serve more people more effectively mm-hmm. by having this delay built in because you were available at a time and then your book will come out and then it will be available just the same. Yes. Um, so and it's, more needed now than ever. <laughs> now more than yeah. ever. And, and of course, I'm, you know, and I'm being honest, of course, I would have loved to have been traveling the world right yeah, now sure. on my book tour. and. Sure embracing people and like being, I would have, I was so excited about that, but yeah. I, I think at the same time, it's, it's reminding myself why I'm doing this and, and where it comes from. And if my true desire is to help people, then I can do that anywhere at any time. And I don't need to limit that to one project or one way. Jay, I have um, a question. I would love some advice for myself. I am trying to improve my listening skills. I'm always interrupting or thinking about what I'm going to say next, and I really want to be a good listener. And I thought a former monk would be a perfect person to ask for some advice on how to be a better listener. Yeah, I think you'll get a better answer from a consistent monk. Uh, but I'll, 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 definitely, I'll definitely... I like that phrase, inconsistent monk. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll, I'll do my best to share what I, what I learned in the monastery and what I've seen monks continue to do so beautifully. Uh, first of all, I think it's wonderful that you have the intention to want mm. to be a better listener. Mm. And I think that that's really where it starts because... I think for most of us, we're not aware that we don't listen well. And so just mm-hmm. that you have that awareness and you've set the intention that you want to be a better listener, that's a really, really beautiful place to start. The second thing is to become really good at asking questions. What I find is we're bad listeners because we don't ask interesting questions. Mm. So if you ask the question mm. of how are you doing today, it may not actually be the most interesting question, so you know what kind of answer you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And so when we can predict an answer, we listen less well. Oh, and, and so I've, I've tried to train myself, and I want to give you some. I actually, I've written them down. I was writing them down for a client the other day, and I'll share them with you now uh, as questions that, that can be asked. Uh, and these are some of my favorite questions that you can ask uh, to anyone, your friend, your family member, or... Uh, in a meeting. And some of these obviously are more deeper than others. Uh, but I, I like asking people, what's your intention today? Uh, mm. Or, you know, what, what is your goal today? I love asking people that because I don't know the answer and I, I'm hopefully going to be surprised. Uh, I love asking people that what's an area of their life that they value, but they don't give as much attention to it. Ooh, that's uh, a good question. Uh, I love asking people, uh, I, this is one of my favorite ones. What, what about the problem is really the problem for you? 
Uh, and, and I find that to be much more leading and interesting. So there's so many ways of finding new questions that are interesting to you to ask in different contexts. And I feel like if you ask better questions, you're more excited to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the second tip. And, and the third way of uh, being a better listener is your conscious mind is always going to project your experience or start preparing your answer when you're listening. And, and I find it really helpful to talk to my own mind about how I want to be in a moment. So what I ask myself to do sometimes is just listen to every word. And I'll just repeat that to myself as an affirmation, which is just reminding my own mind to listen to every word that I'm hearing. I often find this, uh, ex- this uh, tool that's used in psychology and by therapists really powerful too. It's called the 54321 technique. And this technique is where you look around when you walk into a place and you're about to sit with someone or listen to someone, even like this, you look at five things that you can see, four things that you can touch, three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. And what that's meant to do is that it makes you really present in the moment. And so a lot of the reason why we struggle to listen is because our mind is in the future or the past. But if we're in the present and we're like, okay, I touched this, so I'm here. I'm looking at their nose and their eyes and their <laughs> face. Uh, you know, I, I can see this environment that we're in. The more present we are physically, tangibly in a space, the more we're really present to hear someone. I am going to try this. This is great, Jay. Awesome. Well, thank you for the wonderful question. Uh, I love the concreteness of this and kind of the the very yeah. practical application. And so in that vein, uh, Jay, uh, you know, we ask every guest for a try this at home tip, something concrete and manageable that people can do, like starting tomorrow. And your book, Think Like a Monk, is just packed with these, obviously. But is there is there a favorite of yours? Is there one that engages your audience most Deeply, is there one that surprised you that it works as well as it does? What, what's one that you would suggest to our listeners? Absolutely. So there's one in the book that I love, and I think it's especially important for this period that we're mm. in right now. So yeah. I think it's really current. Uh, and it's called the 3S model. And so it's changing the sights, scents, and sounds in your home. I believe that you can change any environment and any experience through sight design, sound design, and scent design. So I'll give you an example. When you wake up in the morning, what is the first thing you see? It's probably your phone. It might be the ceiling. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. I want it to become something that gives you the feeling you want in the morning. It could be a work of art. It could be your favorite quote. It could be the cover of a book. Whatever you want it to be, I want you to change the first sight that you see in the morning to be something that enlivens you and encourages you. The second thing is changing your scent. I really believe that, and that doesn't mean changing your own body scent. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean changing the scent of an environment. And what I mean by that is, why is it that we feel calmer in spas? Because they put all this beautiful stuff into the air, whether it's (laughs) eucalyptus or lavender or sandalwood, any of these scents are known to calm. And so I find if you have a diffuser or you light a candle when you walk into your work environment or in your home on the side of a desk, just create a little ritual with yourself where you light a scent and you really breathe it in. And you'll find that whenever you go into that space, you'll naturally feel calmer and more relaxed. So change your scent. And the third and final one is change your sound. I really believe that environments are changed through sound. It's why we feel like dancing in a bar or a club, or mm. it's why we feel like relaxing in a, in a massage. And so when you're in your home, it's really important that each room 
you give it its own personality. Mm. And a great way of giving it personality is by having music. So maybe you want to go to sleep to a particular type of music, or maybe you want to cook to a particular type of music. You'll still instant changes in your mood when you change your sight, sense, and sounds. So that would be my tip for the day. Well, I'm, my next book is all about the body and the senses. So this is like exactly yes. what I love. Um, I love that approach because I think you're exactly right that um, by, you know, getting grounded in our body, we can reach our minds. Um, well, Jay, it's so much fun to talk to you. It's yes. fun to see you virtually because I've listened to your podcast so much. It's fun to see your voice coming out of your moving face uh, <laughs> instead of disembodied in my head. Well, no, thank you so much. This has been so wonderful to be with both of you. And like I said, I've been such a longtime fan and Love your work on the Four Tendencies and the Happiness Project. And so this is a real joy for me as well. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you. Jay. Yeah, Awesome. Thank you. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time for demerits and gold stars. And this week, you are up for the demerit. Yes. Okay, Gretchen, you'll remember, I think I may have even mentioned it on the podcast, that I finally got the TV fixed in our exercise room. This was, our TV wasn't working for years, and now it does. So I was really good when that happened initially about only watching my housewives shows Mm -hmm. on the treadmill. It was Mm -hmm. the pairing I was doing, right? Right. Because I used to do it, then the TV broke, so I didn't, and now the TV was fixed again. But lo and behold, I have slipped now, and I have started watching housewife shows when I'm not on the treadmill, ah. which makes it, you know, just less likely that I'm going to get on the treadmill. This is a very treadmill-centric episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you need to embrace yes. the treadmill. Maybe that. Maybe that's your—if if, if the new year starts in September, yes. maybe your word for the year— it's oh, treadmill. Oh, I like it. We all do feel we're on a treadmill right we now. We do. That's right. But you want to embrace the positive yes. side of the treadmill, which yes. is the, the opportunity that yes. it affords you. So I guess what you need to do is stop watching The Housewives unless you're on the treadmill. Right. That's the demerit. So yeah. hopefully just by saying it here, I'll feel more accountable and I will do it. Yeah. I'll report back to you. Okay, I'm watching. Gretch, what is your gold star? Well, I'm giving you a gold star. Well, actually, you and Adam, because you cleaned out the Lego room. And now I find out that Adam's also helped you clean out your office. That's double gold star for Adam. But that that you have been talking about wanting to clear out that room so that Jack could build a Lego town for some time. And yes. it was a big, big job. There was like a lot of difficult decision making and and just sort of grunt work to do. And you did it. Yes. I mean, I have to give Adam so much of the credit. He gets into a mood and he just goes. I don't know what strikes, but (laughs) once he starts, he doesn't stop. So that was really helpful. And we, at the same time that he was in this mood, we discovered that there was an eight-year-old boy who would benefit from Jack's toys. So it made it easier for us to Mm. collect toys to give away, knowing that they had a place to go. And we, I think others have done this. Um, Jack was off to the side, kind of willfully ignorant of what was going on, pretending he didn't know we were giving his toys Mm. away, but he obviously did. Because what we've realized is if we ask him, can we give this away? The answer is no. But if we just give it away, it's fine. Right. I mean, that's true of a lot of adults, too. Like, if you if you force the decision, it's people will say, I'll keep it. But if you just quietly get rid of it, a lot of times they just are like, okay, fine, I'll just look the other direction. 
Yeah. Oh, well, great. Well, well done. I got a a, a vicarious clutter clearing buzz from hearing what you guys accomplished. I'll post a picture of Jack in his cleared area. So gold star for that. Now, the resources for this week, again, um, I'll just reiterate, if you want to win a signed personalized copy of my best-selling book, Happier at Home, to enter, follow my Instagram account, Gretchen Rubin, like the giveaway post, and comment on the post tagging three friends. And if you win, I will send you a signed personalized book. And this is for U.S. readers. I'm sorry, that's because of mailing costs. And if you are interested in my latest book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, or just in the mood to do some clutter clearing, if a hearing Elizabeth has inspired you the way it's inspired me, go to GretchenRubin.com slash resources to download a free excerpt of the book about clutter clearing. I would never think I would be a clutter clearing inspiration. (laughs) But you are. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Remember that September is the other January. Let us know if you're trying it and what are you doing with your new year. Thanks to our terrific guest, Jay Shetty. You can read his new book, Think Like a Monk, and listen to his number one podcast, On Purpose. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. That is how most people discover our show. And subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. It really does help us a lot. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Gretch, you know I always say that you should have been a monk, that you know, that that's your true calling. You do always say that. I, I picture myself more like a Benedictine monk, uh, but I definitely have that that monk monk side to me. From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org/students. That's lls.org/students.